What's up, friends? Welcome to Date to Me, the show where I try to help you suck less at dating. Today's a special one as I take off the relationship advice hat and put on the relationship gossip hat. We dive headfirst into the celebrity relationship sphere. If you've ever had any interest in diving into some of the most marquee and famous relationships out there, then today is the episode for you. If this sounds interesting to you, keep listening and as always, enjoy the show. Alrighty, guys, so it's only fitting that we ride the wave of the Super Bowl, which just occurred this past week. If you're listening, um, by the time I'm recording this, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs have, against my will and my hopes and dreams, uh, won yet another Super Bowl. Boring. It's basically like the Patriots all over again. I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm allowed to be a little bit bitter when I watch these other AFC dynasties absolutely destroying everything that I hope and pray for. So um, a nice little fuck you to all you Chiefs fans out there and a, a semi fuck you to all you Pats fans. Although uh, I think you're a little bit more in my boat nowadays having to witness um, another dynasty type deal steal the crown from you. So I don't feel bad for you. I feel half bad for you. But anyways, the whole reason we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs or football in general is, of course, you've guessed it, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. They've been taking the entire world, essentially, at this point by storm. And what's more fitting than uh, polluting the great game of American football with yet another uh, popular celebrity um, type gossip situation to overshadow what it means to actually you know, enjoy the sport. I love it. I, I love it because it gives me content to talk about like today. So I thought uh, with the love story, see what I did there, uh, coming to a awesome finish, at least in this season with the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, I figured that it was only right to talk about all the different celebrity relationships that I've seen over the years. Maybe there's some other football ones sprinkled in there. If you listen to the intro, paid attention. You might have known what I'm talking about, but there are some other celebrity relationships that are in the mix here that we've all known about for the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, which I thought would be super cool to kind of chronicle because I think a lot of these relationships have some key green and red flags, which I think at least contribute a little bit to their success. So we will start first with what I think might be one of the most longstanding and popular relationships of all time. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get to Travis and Taylor. That's going to be the finale. But let's start at the beginning. Give everyone their their due here. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. So Jay-Z and Beyonce are a couple that is still going strong. They've been together for a minute. They got two, I think two, beautiful kids together. Great. Awesome. But one of the things that's interesting about their relationship is I believe there was some infidelity with Jay-Z. He cheated on Beyonce at some point. Um, but the fact that I don't even know a whole lot about it, and maybe some of you out there do, um, but the fact that I don't know a lot about it tells me that whatever they had to deal with it and handle, they dealt with it and they did so in as much of a private manner as possible. When I look at relationships in the spotlight, celebrity type situations, what I find is the people that are able to keep their lives most private do tend to be the ones that stand the test of time. So while Jay-Z and Beyonce are superstar billionaires, like generational talents, um, it would be crazy to think that they can have any sort of like real privacy in their lives. I do think they have managed to maintain that to a certain degree. And again, in spite of the infidelity, you know, every couple and situation is different. Certain individuals are able to tolerate that and recover from it more than others. 
I think that based on the way their relationship has been portrayed in the media, their partnership and collaborations on songs, the fact that they come from a similar sort of background and essentially look at least on the surface to share a lot of the the same morals and um, characteristics, it's no surprise that these two have seemed to fit in hand in hand. So I would give, if I was going to score Jay-Z and Beyonce, just on the surface, I would give them a B plus slash A minus. Again, I don't really know a lot about them, but they're still together. They've been together for the longest, at least in terms of who I have on this list, I think. So they get one of the more higher markings here. Uh, they get the, the date to mate seal of approval um, because I do think that ultimately they're a, a rare example of what a power couple in the traditional sense can display to the world. And I think that they're a pretty good example of, you know, some of the other things that people in their regular lives and regular relationships might aspire to be or want to be. So couple uh, shout outs, I guess, to them and, and some props to them for being a good example. Next on my list, going back into the sports realm, good old Tom Brady and Giselle Bundchen. Now, this is one that I have a lot to say about. And the reason I have a lot to say about this is because they went from like the best relationship in like the marquee, like like even borderline better than Beyonce and Jay-Z power couple to like the couple, like Tom Brady, tall, dark, handsome, good looking guy, all the kids, like has the supermodel wife who's foreign and beautiful and supportive. And it's like me and you versus the world and like the Patriots of the villains and the dynasty, like you know, she was the highest paid supermodel, like more rich than he was. And like, you have this, all these narratives and just like this power swirling around with these two. And it was like, holy shit, this might literally be like Tom Brady might be a God. He might be the closest thing to a God that exists. And Giselle, nothing to bat an eye at, right? Absolutely someone that you'd be okay taking home to meet mom and dad, right? But what's interesting about them is they're an example of having their life, I feel like, being super, super public and super publicized, probably in part because of Tom's success, which is what it is. But they, I felt like, did a really poor job of concealing their personal life and their family life from the spotlight. And I don't think that that was Tom's fault necessarily. I think maybe, especially as they got more towards their eventual downfall and divorce, which happened in the last few years, they were on a path of like, mm, it, it just seemed like there was just, it was like almost a little too contrived, a little too, I don't want to say fake, but like too public. Like everything about them was too good. It was just, it felt like so much like fantasy and it was like almost too good to be true. So when I thought about their relationship and, and I saw it starting to go, the way of the dodo, I was like, ah, this kind of actually makes sense, especially once you started to to dive a little bit deeper into like some of the intricacies and some of the like subliminal stuff that was going on from like Giselle and what Tom Brady was also saying and portraying in the media on the sports side of the world. I'm obviously very into sports. I'm super into football especially. So like when this stuff was going on with Brady, I mean, I was super connected. I was like, all right, here's a dude that's playing well into his forties. He's still like in his prime teams are winning super bowls. Like there's no end in sight for this man. 
and he's an ultra competitor. He's talked about wanting to play into his mid forties. There's absolutely no way that this guy is just going to hang it up just because his wife tells him to. Now for a while, and this is a really cool part. This lent a lot of strength, I think, to that relationship because Tom was in the masculine, Giselle more in the feminine. Masculine's all about drive, purpose, doing what you can to progress, achieve, and really, you know, grow into your own and continue to relentlessly pursue some achievement. And that was football for Tom. That was rings. That was winning the culture. Like that's what he pursued relentlessly. And his wife, for the most part, at least from what we know, was super supportive of that. I don't know if you guys remember like Deflategate, that whole situation when they lost the Super Bowl to, I forget who the hell it was, but Giselle was always like a fierce defender of, maybe it was the Eagles. Um, but anyways, he was always a, a fierce defender of, she was always a fierce defender of him. And then all of a sudden, you know, as he starts getting older, he starts flirting with retirement, retirement gets pushed out into the public sphere. I think a lot of that was due to her and her pressures, but all of a sudden now you have a situation where what seemingly was like the romantic relationship of the century and like the Disney, like storybook situation all of a sudden now is falling apart. And so what this gives us a dangerous cautionary lesson on is that masculine energy and pursuing and, and pushing forward and, and really being a man and doing what you need to do um, in order to, and, I, and when I say man, again, I, I mean that masculine energy, man, it could be anyone. But when you have that masculine energy, that drive, like past a certain point, it can start working against you. It's, it's a very key example of how balance in, in your life is so important in, in anything that you do. But you could see that Giselle had sacrificed a lot of what she wanted and who she was in order to help pers Tom pursue his dream. In order to help him, you know, and support him in his endeavors, she put a lot of her stuff on the back burner. And you might think to yourself, well, I mean, they're playing the traditional like gender energy roles exactly the way that you would expect. Like they're doing, she's helping raising the family. Like she's focused on that while he's out doing his thing. And like, you know, they, she's still working. He's obviously working a lot. They're not seeing each other as much except for in the off season. And like, they have this relationship where like, yes, they are, they're inhabiting these roles, but it's like for how long, I mean, Tom played for 20 years. It's like how long or, or even more than that, 25, I don't, I, I, more than 20 years. So it's like, what do you expect from her at some point? You know, there was, there was too much polarity for too long and it, and it was, became too static that there was not enough, there was not enough give and take from both sides. There was too much giving and too much taking, I think. And, you know, what happens is overall, when you live in that static world for too long and you're not open to change, you're not open to, to reading the, the signs of your partner in the situation, you fall into this place now where all of a sudden you no longer recognize the person that you're with because that person is not the same. They've been molded and changed over time by the situation, by the circumstances. So all that is to say, anyone with any kind of understanding of how women, especially strong women, alpha women operate, like there's no room to really play second fiddle to someone that is on that level. So in Tom's situation, I actually feel bad for him because I do think that like, you know, 
similarly to guys like Tiger Woods and some of these other like generational phenomenal athletes, they really struggle with their romantic life because they have to, they have to, what's the word? Um, sacrifice or, you know, give up their own enjoyment and happiness in certain areas of their lives in order to get the success and get the consistent, you know, achievement that they're desiring because they're operating at the top of the top, the most elite levels. It requires sacrifice. It requires you to kind of be a weirdo and a hermit in certain areas of your life. So when we think about it, it's like, are we really that surprised that Tom Brady, arguably the greatest football player of all time, extended over a very long period of time, has had the sort of relationship life that he's had? To me, not that surprising. Given the nature of what football demands, how tough it is on your body, how much time and effort it takes to prepare to to achieve and do all this stuff, um, it's not surprising. And I'm also not giving Giselle a hard time at all. Like, in fact, when I look at the situation, I actually feel like Brady, he made the, he made the error, man. He broke up his family because he wasn't willing to give up something where, I mean, you won seven Super Bowls. You played till you were 44 years old. Like you, you had all of this success and I get it. Like I respect that grind and that hustle, but I don't feel sorry for him I feel bad that he didn't recognize that he that he you know was breaking up his family. So I do feel bad in that regard, but I don't feel sorry for what he had to sacrifice in order to get what he wanted because at the end of the day what he sacrificed that was the price. That was the price to have the success. So I had a lot to say on the Tom and Giselle piece because I feel like that's you know again one of the more public ones. They're no longer together. They seem to have an amicable post divorce situation with the kids and the family. But, you know, part of my heart breaks for them because they did have that like classic power couple American family, like the American dream when it comes down to it from, from at least a family standpoint. And, you know, you look at what they had to give up and namely what Tom willingly sacrificed. And Giselle just finally reached a point where she was like, look, I can't take this anymore. I'm raising this family alone. You keep telling me that you're going to retire. You keep saying you're going to do these things and then you're not staying consistent with your word. And so ultimately, you know, that's another big part of it too, is like when you're not consistent with your word, when you say that you are something and then your actions go against that, women don't tolerate that for an extended period of time. Even women that you have children with, that you have a great life with, that you've been married to for over a decade, like look at where that falls. And one other thing on Tom Brady too, maybe the writing was on the wall that he probably wasn't as much as he's a family man and is a great father to his kids, at least in the public sphere, that's what it appears to be. Think about this. He had a kid out of wedlock with another chick and one of his, so one of his kids isn't even with from Giselle. And so like clearly that situation was a little bit disjointed. And so Brady was already showing signs of the kind of guy who you know, obviously I believe loved his kids and I hope he loved his wife too when he was with her, at least for the majority of that time. But like his love of football, football superseded everything else. Again, I don't live inside his mind. I can only go on what I see. But like, to me, it just feels like this is what happens when you're imbalanced. And I'm not going to sit here and criticize him because again, who the hell am I compared to Tom Brady? But like when it comes to dating to mate, 
and having a family and a relationship and a partner that stands with you through the test of time. I'm giving Tom Brady a fucking C. I'm giving him a C. I'm I'm giving him and Giselle, and I would give Giselle if I had to rate them independently. She gets a B slash B plus because I think she dealt with a lot of stuff for a while. But I think Tom Brady deserves a nice fat C, and maybe he even deserves to be a little bit lower. Um, but I love him. I think he's a handsome guy, and he's very successful, so he's gonna get the C. But you know, in terms of just like where that relationship has gone and where it continues to go, like yeah. I think there's plenty of other better options um, to model yourself off of, obviously, than like Tom and Giselle. So goes without saying, but uh, figured that I would make that stuff clear. Moving on to another couple that I think is actually hilarious when you think about it. Um, so I don't know how many of you are familiar with Vanderpump Rules. This might be more of a niche couple, but um, this whole Tom and Ariana thing that's been like taking over uh, mainstream for the last year or so for people that aren't familiar with Vanderpump TLDR Tom and Ariana were a couple from Vanderpump rules that reality show on uh, Bravo. I think it's Bravo. Right. And anyways, they were together for like 10 plus years. And then he cheated on her with one of his friends, ex fiancés. Okay. So like cheated on her while the show was filming. We find out at the end of the show, sorry, spoiler alert for anyone out there. I probably should have said that before, but who cares? You're listening to the podcast to so deal with it. Basically, he cheats on her with this ex uh, friend, this friend's ex fiance, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's the villain. Obviously, the dude sucks, and then she's like elevated to this god status. And their relationship is super interesting because they were together for so long, and she was like a little prickly, like kind of one of those personalities of like didn't she said she didn't want to have any kids. She like definitely came from a not so great family life, like very just like not super touchy feely. Um, and a little bit just kind of doing her own thing. And Tom is, I actually think the closest thing to narcissist as has ever been like publicly profiled. Okay. Probably an exaggeration, but like one of the best examples of, I think true narcissism at play. And the reason I say that is because like the term narcissist gets such a bad rap these days or because it's overused. It's like watered down because everyone and their mother like has an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend who treated them poorly and is like, ah, narcissist, ah, narcissist. They use these clinical terms and it's like, eh, I don't actually think that person's a narcissist from the clinical definition, but I understand your frustration. I get it. But like Tom Sandoval, look him up. Fucking narcissist, dude. Straight up. Dude's literally psychotic. And that's just even more on display as the new season just premiered a couple weeks ago. We've been watching it. And it's just so obvious that the man is off his fucking rocker. He's so into himself. He like hasn't really apologized. He doesn't even really believe that he's done anything wrong. And it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy that this that this guy lives in this world of like in object reality. It's like a fantasy land. It does not exist, but he just created it and so what's so cool is she's now in a new relationship i think he's trying to still rekindle with this psycho ex-fiance of his friend like we don't know what's happening yet but we're gonna find out but in the interim she has moved on his his ex-girlfriend uh, ariana and she has this relationship which seems to be so much more healthy a true partnership non-narcissist guy who's like helping her open up and really feel the love and feel like she can grow and connect. Whereas Sandoval was kind of just like leading her on gaslighting her, you know, he was, she was kind of enabling him and 
she didn't want to have any kids, but now all of a sudden now she wants to potentially have kids with this new guy. And it's like, you're seeing all this shift in attitude energy. And it's so fascinating to someone who understands at least a little bit about relationships and how they work, because it's like, you're watching Ariana unfold and blossom in front of your eyes. And you're watching Sandoval simultaneously just tank and explode. And you see that like people enter into these relationships and they get so sucked into the regularity, the routine, the familiarity of it, the comfort. They don't even recognize that their own individual personalities, who they are as people, their character becomes warped and changed over time. And it becomes uh, blinded a lot. They become blinded rather um, in a lot of ways to the idea that like who they really are deep down is not consistent with who they're showing up in their life as. So I think it's really cool because again, it's one of those more popular in reality TV, especially this show gives you a lot more in depth, you know, uh, engagements, interactions of these people. So you can really see this not in real time, but you can see this like playing out through the narrative of the show and like it gives you a really nice case study in, in how like a toxic relationship can be toxic kind of under the scenes, behind the scenes rather, for like a period of time. And then once it comes out and, and, and everything kind of comes to the forefront, you start to see, oh, this makes complete sense. And of course, they're like reality TV stars. So do we expect them to have great relationships or to be great representations of how we should be as like upstanding human beings? No. That said – it's still interesting to watch like real people, people with problems, like go about their day and try to navigate it in what I think is as a best way as possible. So Tom and Ariana, I want to spend a couple minutes just talking about them. If you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, you should just purely for that storyline because I think it's fucking hilarious and you still don't know what's going to happen. But like, yeah, the the situation of how two people can literally like manipulate or or change and alter the way that each person shows up, like how they have that impact and effect on one another is just sad. And it's a reminder that like picking the right partner and, and choosing to get rid of that partner when it no longer serves you is a very important thing. So another concept of date to mate here, like make sure that you're paying attention to picking the right partner and make sure that when you go into it, you're able to recognize the red flags because I think Ariana could have recognized a lot of stuff a hell of a lot sooner but she was just so used to and comfortable with Tom's fucking antics that she just like allowed it to, to kind of happen. Um, the last relationship that I'm going to talk about today, you guys guessed it. Yes, I know. Thanks for waiting 21 minutes, 22 minutes to hear about it. There are plenty of other couples, by the way, that I could go in. Justin Bieber and, and Haley Bieber, uh, Selena and Justin. Um, ooh, that was That's a juicy one, but maybe we'll say that for another time. Um, but the Travis and Kelsey's, uh, Travis and Kelsey, Jesus, the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift situation is hilarious. Um, there's actually really not a lot to say on it. And here's why I actually think that they're like in a legitimate relationship, their body language, the way they talk about each other in the public eye, the way she has gone about things. It doesn't feel like she's like reaching for the spotlight. And that makes sense. She's a fucking multi-billionaire, like I think she's a billionaire, whatever, hundreds of millionaires. If not, she's like a phenom generational talent. People love her. Like one of the most famous people on earth, let alone the U S. So like all of that to say, she already has a spotlight on her own, but she doesn't seem to be seeking it at these games. Doesn't seem to be trying to do like steal any of the spotlight or, you know, she could have been up on that podium with Travis last night. She wasn't. 
I thought that was interesting. She seems humble to me. I don't particularly love Taylor Swift. I think her music is fine. I think as an individual, she's fine. Like, I'm a guy. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. But I do think that from what I can see, their relationship feels new. It feels exciting. I mean, the fuck? Like, it's crazy storyline. And it's really playing into, I think, a lot of people's ideas of what can happen and i think it's really playing on a lot of people's interests it's obviously sparked a lot of people's interest and so like good reality tv or a good sporting story and narrative like this is another relationship narrative that is super cool to follow i think knowing to taylor swift's like relationship history and having all that pre-context like also adds another layer of interest from people because they're like oh she's dated all these hyper famous like yada 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 type people athletes musicians and every time they break up she becomes more famous because she just writes you know new albums and songs and stuff so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them but from what i've seen so far i quite like it i like what i'm seeing i i do think that they have a legitimate relationship i think all the information out there points to like them just happening to have this like random um thing flourish out of seemingly nothing and and the fact that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and like everyone talking NFL scripted, all this blah, blah, blah stuff, whatever. That shit aside, it is a pretty cool story. Now, the key thing is we'll see what happens once it all starts to die down. Once they move out of the honeymoon phase, because they are rapidly approaching. Remember, they started in, I think, September, October of last year. So six month to nine month mark, usually in that area is where that honeymoon phase starts to die off. We'll see how much they get to see each other. We know Travis is busy. We know Taylor's busy. World Tour. He's a football player. He's going to get a little time to chill. Then I'll be back to the grindstone. Like, we'll see what happens. It's going to be old news next year. Sophomore slump for their relationship. People are going to be like, oh my God, wow. Taylor Swift's at another football game. She was at all of them last year. I don't think the Chiefs three-peat. Sorry, Chiefs fans out there. A little bit of football talk here at the end. I don't think they're going to win a third Super Bowl. So already the like pinnacle narrative of Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey riding off in the sunset of Las Vegas, winning a Super Bowl. You're not going to see that again. I really don't think so. We'll see how they recover from this. <laughs> like it's kind of like when you're a drug addict and like you've spiked all the way to the high and now you're like on the come down. It's like, I don't know if they're ever going to get that high again. I really don't. So we'll see what happens, but I'm rooting for them. Um, and yeah, like one last thing I'll say before we wrap up is on the Justin Haley, Selena, like triangle situation. I am definitely going to bring this uh, segment back in the future. We'll talk more celebrity SmackDown round two. Um, I'll make sure I'll bring in some good names, but they will be the marquee focus of that next one. Um, I got to take some time to think about my thoughts and collect them on those three because, I mean, shit, we could do a whole fucking episode alone, I think, on just that situation. But um, hopefully you guys like this. It's a little bit of a different style episode. I thought it would be fun to kind of putz around into the gossip world. I'm a little bit of a, a gossip glutton when it comes um, time to things here and now, or every now and again, rather. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, whatever, skip to the next one. There'll be more regular date to make content coming out soon. So um, if you listen this far, appreciate you guys. Love and support as always is awesome. Um, I love it. Hope to keep seeing you guys throughout the rest of 2024. We've got some great episodes to come, some great content. So um, make sure you keep tuning in. Please share this with a friend or someone that you think might like it. Referrals go a long way. Um, word of mouth goes a long way. So in the meantime, have a great rest of your day, week, month, year. Peace and love, guys. Hope to catch you in the next one.